Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn how one invention is responsible for the summer blockbuster, why presenting too much evidence could make you lose an argument, and how to wash your hands. Let's satisfy some curiosity. All right, Ashley, what's your strategy for winning arguments? Like, I know what you're about to tell me is <laughs> says that I'm wrong, but I, I will present every piece of evidence that oh, I have. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a I'm a link queen. Yikes. <laughs> I've definitely been guilty of that in the past, but after writing this article, I am definitely going to stop doing that. Yeah. So science says that presenting too much evidence could make you lose an argument. And I'm going to tell you why with a list of 75 reasons. <laughs> LOL, JK. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, this is a thing. If you've ever been arguing on Facebook or Reddit and most of the comments are like, well, here's a point or here's an idea or here's my one point of view. And then you get that one comment that is just a wall of text. You know what I'm talking about. I know you've seen these. I've like, totally written these. <laughs> like 15 bullet points, links to articles, scientific studies, national news stories, all this evidence that you've collected over the last nine years. Well, if that's how you always argue online, then stop, Ashley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you'll trigger the overkill backfire effect. We've talked about the backfire effect, which is when your deepest convictions are challenged by contradictory evidence, your beliefs get stronger. Well, in this case, you're rejecting an argument for a specific cognitive reason. It's harder to process a more complicated argument. Lots of studies have shown that people are more confident in their judgments when the information backing it up is easy to recall, and it's easier to remember info that was easy to process in the first place. And I mean really easy. One study showed that when reading a printed statement, people were more likely to accept it as true when the researchers increased the color contrast of the font it was printed on to make it easier to read. Wow. That easy. <gasps> Literally, if it's visually easier to process. So keep it simple. And you've got some benefits with this. First, it'll save you time coming up with one idea instead of like 40 to back up your case. And you'll also be less likely to get hit with an argumentum ad logicum or argument from fallacy. This is the thing I see more than probably anything else online these days. That's when someone says your entire point is moot because you get one detail wrong. So keep it simple. And hey, you can always add more evidence later. And when someone over argues with you, by the way, ask them to simplify the point they're trying to make. That'll save you some time so you don't have to dig through 45 articles and it'll give them a second chance to maybe change your mind about something. After all, it's good to have an open mind and be curious. Speaking of asking questions, one big question I get a lot as the managing editor here at Curiosity is about freelancing. My friends know that we work with some great freelance writers and designers, and a lot of times they'll ask me for advice on how to embark on their own freelance career. Freelancing is a really solitary job. It's not like you can just ask your coworkers what they do, because more often than not, you don't have any coworkers. That's why Skillshare is so handy. They have more than a thousand classes about freelancing, from how to get clients to how to organize your life around your career. The biggest question I get is how much to charge, which is why I love the course, How to Price Projects as a Freelancer. And today's podcast is sponsored by Skillshare. They're an online learning platform with more than 20,000 classes in business, marketing, technology, design, and more. Skillshare's classes are all taught by real experts in their field or public motivational speakers. And they teach lots of different skills like productivity, animation, mobile development, photography, and fine art. More than 20,000 classes. And we mean experts. 
I've been toying with the idea of writing a short story or maybe a book, but I have no idea where to start. Well, there's a class that's literally called Creative Writing Essentials, Writing Standout Opening Scenes, and it's taught by New York Times bestselling author Daniel Jose Older. This is not some random blogger, and it was super helpful. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer just for Curiosity listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, visit Skillshare.com slash Curious. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash Curious for two months of unlimited access to more than 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. We know that you know that lifelong learning is important, so get to it. Start your two-month trial today. One more time, that's Skillshare.com slash Curious. Cody, are you digging into the summer blockbusters this summer? I mean, Infinity War was pretty solid. I don't remember which one that is. The Marvel movie? Avengers? Oh, I didn't see that one. You didn't see that one? (laughs) What? I did see Deadpool 2 and I did see Solo. Okay, that's fair. You're two for three. So am I. I saw Deadpool 2 and Infinity War. I didn't see Solo. Well, Solo is Solo. (laughs) I'll say that. (laughs) Well, summertime is a huge time for movies. I think we all know that. But back in the day, movie ticket sales were actually at their all-time low during summer months. Today, we've got a fun story about how one invention changed summer movies forever. Think back to the turn of the 20th century. Before air conditioning, movie theaters couldn't have windows because it would mess up the lighting. So imagine watching a summer movie with no vents or any other way of letting out heat. Now pack several hundred sweaty, smelly people in that room. Not fun, right? Well, the tale of the first air-conditioned movie theater is almost mythical. The story goes that in 1925, a young engineer named Willis Carrier installed a newfangled cooling contraption in the Rivoli Theater, Paramount Pictures' showpiece on Times Square in Manhattan. The crowd was skeptical at best, and they brought folding fans to cool themselves off because they figured it wouldn't work. In the end, though, the trial run was a success, and soon Carrier was installing air conditioning in theaters across the nation. Like lots of stories, this is actually kind of a tall tale. The truth is that Carrier had been making cooling coils as far back as 1902, so the public was actually familiar with the concept of mechanical cooling devices. But it's still a pretty cool story, and you can read the whole history today on Curiosity.com and on the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But at the end of the day, movie theaters were really the only places where people had access to air conditioning. So people started going to theaters just to beat the summer heat. Hollywood studios caught on, and summer movie season was born. You're welcome, Star Wars. All right, Ashley. When you wash your hands, how long and what temperature? I know I'm supposed to use hot water, scrub a whole lot, and sing myself happy birthday. So that's like two minutes. What I do, (laughs) what I do is like cold water, some soap. I scrub. I scrub pretty well. But maybe like if it's 30 seconds, that's great. 30 seconds is great, but today I'm happy to discuss what science says about washing your hands. All right. Because I've never even known the rules. I'm sure I heard it in a PSA when I was in second grade or something, sure. but no retention whatsoever. Well, a recent study from Rutgers University says that water temperature doesn't matter. What? And just 10 seconds will do the trick. Wow. They did not find a big difference in bacteria reduction between regular and antimicrobial soap. But they emphasize that they need to do more research in terms of that because scientists want to figure out which soap to use and how much in the name of public health. Until then, though, just make sure you're using soap and washing your hands for at least 10 seconds in any water temperature that's comfortable to you. And the CDC's website still says 20 seconds, but I'm busy and Rutgers seems pretty cool. So I'm going to stick with 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Maybe two minutes is brushing your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. Don't quote us on that. Right. Because I'm not going to fact check that right now. 10 seconds is way better. (laughs) 10 seconds to brush your teeth, not so good. (laughs) 
Read about these stories and more today on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.